Welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm Lee Rennick, Executive Director, CIO Communities, and I'm very excited to welcome Raji Subramanian, Chief Technology Officer, Opendoor. Raji, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your current role. Thank you, Lee, and it's great to be here. Uh, as you shared, I'm currently the CTO at Opendoor, where I lead all of our technology and product development. Uh, again, for those who are not familiar, Opendoor is an e-commerce platform for residential real estate that customers choose to sell, buy, and move between their homes. Well, thank you for the introduction. I'm really appreciative of you joining us here today, Raji. I mean, Opendoor has had such an amazing growth over the last number of years, so I'm really excited to talk about your leadership role and some of the things you're looking at from a technology standpoint. We've created this series to support technology leaders in their tech and leadership journey and really to listen to women who are changing the course of her story. Um, and we know we need to do that on a regular basis. So the first question I wanted to ask you is, could you tell us a little bit about your own career path and provide some insights or tips on that road path? Are there any lessons learned that you could share? If you go back and look at my entire journey, um, the the whole thing has been around digital transformation and building innovative products. And both of those are very, very close to my heart. Um, my journey into Open Door started off very early. I was a very early Amazon employee. I was also one of the pioneering members of Amazon Marketplace as well as Amazon Web Services and was instrumental in building a lot of those foundations and products that, again, grew both those businesses. So, uh, my journey, again, continued into the Amazon Kindle organization, where I was responsible for the digitization of books and scaling and globalizing them across all continents. So very, very interesting experience at Amazon, where I had a lot of single-threaded leadership roles. I also briefly led engineering at Yahoo Finance, and then I co-founded a company called Pro.com, which was building the technology for home improvement that Opendoor acquired in 2021, and that's what brought me to Opendoor. The constant throughout this journey in terms of leadership, if I go back and look at it, the first has always been about doing stuff that matters. And that's something that's very close uh, uh, to my heart in terms of everything that I do. And uh, if you go back and look at the stuff that matters, it is about creating customer value as well as business value. And that comes down to starting and ending from the customer and then working back from that if you do that, then you're doing stuff that matters. So that's, I think, something that is a, a deal breaker for me. And uh, and I also, in every role that I've played, want to make sure that I'm doing stuff that matters. Now, the second piece to this is you can do a lot of things, but then as a leader, it's important to deliver success despite the odds. I think it's very important for a leader to be a thinker and a problem solver and figure out the path. It does not mean you always figure out the path, but you have to figure out the path more times than not, or significantly more times than not. And sometimes that also might mean that you are reconfiguring um, the path itself, as well as looking at the outcomes that you think you should, you should achieve versus readjusting that to the new realities as you're moving forward. But if you take that path and you can deliver success despite odds, then it really it takes you through a very different leadership journey. Does not mean there are no failures along the way, but you find a way to overcome them. Those are the two things. And there was a third thing that I was, um, actually my parents shared this with me when I was a young girl in India. And especially when I was growing up in India, it was a very different India. 
And one of the things that they instilled in me is you can do anything you want as long as you're prepared to face the consequences. And as a leader, I share that with all of my leaders. The skill is if you are prepared and you're not, you don't fear the consequences and you know that it's okay for things to have consequences, then there is nothing that stops you from working on any problem that you think is important and it really matters. Well, I really thank you for sharing that. I know when we met, um, we met at the Collision Conference, you talked about the foundation that your parents gave you uh, growing up as a young girl in India and around uh, all the opportunities that you had and you could achieve. And I think that background you had at Amazon is really interesting because you were bringing obviously very key digital products to market. Um, and that road path had to be, you know, you had to be intentional about that road path. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and you touched on the customer journey and being very intentional about that. When we met, um, and you know, a lot of CIOs I speak with talk about the modern customer journey being such a major focus as a tech leader. As you mentioned uh, at Amazon, you know, I was at a roundtable, and one one speaker, one CIO said to me, you know. All customers expect expect that Amazon experience, you know, ordering one day, getting it delivered the next, right? Order, delivery, that's what happens. So they look at all tech that way. Um, and when I look at uh, Open Door and all the expansion of the markets you're in, I see a lot of new customers interacting with the brand. Um, and when we last spoke, you talked about working back from the customer journey to build value. So was hoping you could talk about that and your strategies around working backwards to really work forward. Um, absolutely. If you go back and look at the open door journey, one of the things that we care the most about is that customer obsession. It is about starting and ending with a customer. In fact, if you if you look at the open door operating principles, it's at the top. And it is there is a reason why it's at the top. That's kind of like the foundation. If you cannot do that, then nothing else matters. If you go, if you if you look at what we do at Open Door in terms of how we translate that, there are two ways in which we translate it. The first, as you called out, is working back from the customer. When you work back from the customer, you start off with what's the outcome or the benefit you want to deliver to the customer, and then rethread and re and connect the dots across the board from that to what are the products and solutions that will actually solve that problem. Then it kind of comes down to really clear problem identification as to what is it that you, you're solving for the customer. And then you thread your entire strategy and roadmap to go ahead and do that. And so that's why working back is very, very powerful versus working forward. If you apply a working forward approach, you start with the microcosm of what you can do. And then you'll start off one step at a time. And it, it does not necessarily mean that you're going to solve a must-have value proposition for the customer. Uh, rather than rather than really looking at it from a very customer-centric view, you look at it from a company-centric view in terms of how you're solving. And that's the big difference between working backwards and working forward. If you, if you take that principle, one of the things that Open Door did incredibly well is tuned the pro value proposition. So if you look at our sellers, we made the entire process of selling the home, their homes, anxiety-free, hassle-free, and we tuned it to what the customer needs. And what the customer needs is a simple process, a certain process, and a trusted process. So how do you now make it simple? We made it simple because customers really don't have to do anything in their home to sell their homes to us. They can sell it to us as is. It's a very, very big deal. If you think about a mom or you think about any family or any person going through the journey, there is no hassle 
of moving out of the house, you know, repairing the house, staging the house. You can live in the house. You can continue with your life. And that's why we made it simple. We also made it certain and trusted because when Open Door gives an offer, it's a cash offer to the customer and there is no fall through. We do buy the home. And so it's a very certain experience for the seller. I think that is the type of working backwards that made Open Door successful. Now, the second piece is about when you look at the customer journey, many companies will say they're customer obsessed, but how do you bring that into the DNA? You bring that into the DNA by looking at the input metrics that impact the customer experience, not the output metric. Because if you start looking at output metrics that impact the customer experience, it's too late. You're looking at the customer in the rear view mirror. So those are two ways we have made the entire organization uh, very customer centric and it's very much in, in Open Doors DNA. Well, I thank you for sharing that with me. And I think that segues really well into the next question that I wanted to talk to you about, because while you are focused on obviously the customer outcome, you're all building a lot of teams to deliver technology, right? So, um, and you really mentioned to me when we met that you build teams that focus on engineering excellence to power open doors. So could you talk a little bit about how you build teams that are aligned to digital strategy and how you focus your teams on building excellence? Um, in fact, when I started off as a CTO at Open Door, one of the key things that my leadership along uh, with me, and we all did it in, in collaboration together, is we came across, we came up with three different pillars of vision for the for the technology organization. There is, of course, a larger vision for the entire company, but what's the role technology plays? Uh, if you go back and reflect on it, it came down to three things. The first is to engineer for excellence. The second is how do you power the platform? And the third is how do you invest in innovation? If you dig a little bit deeper into each of these three, engineering for excellence is the foundation. Without being able to engineer the, for excellence, you cannot power the platform, you cannot invest in innovation. And engineering for excellence is a combination of things. It is a combination of practices, and it's also a combination of architectures that you put in place. Now, if you look at it from the perspective of the architectures, it is important as a, as a company to be able to have a sound architectural framework that every engineer is aligned with and they can build best in class products. Now that is very important. It's what's the template for how you're going to build. And so that is one of the things that we invest in and all of the senior engineering leaders and also our senior most engineers in the company are very deeply involved with. Now the second part is once you have the how, then you look at the practices that you put in place because practices bring things into the muscle memory. So what are the best practices in technology that you can go ahead and put in place? So we look at both of these. Some of them can be measured. Some of them are more subjective and more nuanced along guiding principles that you put in place. Once you have that, the next two pillars kind of fall. And the, the, the next pillar, if you go back and look at it, is how do you power the platform? And as a technology leader and as a technologist, one of the key things that I look at is when you look at the customer and the business value that is being created, how much of that value, or I call it the delivery instrument of that value, is technology driven and technology powered. That's a very interesting way to look at it because it helps you really gauge the impact that technology has to the customer and to the business. And that's kind of one way I, I go back and look at it. And it really then transcends. Once you look at it from that perspective, you can go back and look at everything that you need to build in that organization. So at Open Door, one of the big things that we instituted was 
as you look at the end-to-end -end technology, that platform that reinvents real estate, that's what we've been focusing on. Whether it's a transactional platform we're building, the consumer aspects of the platform we're building, financial, pricing. So the whole thing is anchored around the platform that we're building and we invest very deeply. And the lens that we apply is a multi-year lens. It's not what are you delivering over the quarter. It is about what is the blueprint of the building that you're going ahead and building. And then you bring in the entire organization into that. We made a lot of headway. If you look at the platform that we have, and if you look at the pricing engine, it's one of the best in class that we have, including our transactions platform. Now, shifting to the last part of it, if you have the right sort of backbone to engineer for excellence, and your delivery instrument is technology-led, and you have the right platform, then you can accelerate innovation. You can have the first axe, the second axe, and the third axe that sit on top of it, and that's the approach that we've used at Open Door, and it served us really well. That is a fantastic explanation of how you're building your technology and building the platform. And it sounds to me like it's highly strategic. It's again, going back to that word intentional, you're really considering both the business and the customer journey. And then you're ensuring that all your tech teams, which a lot of CIOs are telling me, building elite teams, ensuring that that tech team really understands those frameworks, right? So that there's no confusion around that it's a way to move forward. So I really appreciate you sharing the way you structure um, structure everything around your engineering teams and around innovation at Open Door. I appreciate that very much. Um, so I'd like to shift the conversation a little bit. We had a conversation about your role as a woman working in technology. And one of the things you mentioned to me, which struck me was you said, organizations often look at women in tech as being diverse versus helping to build strategic value for organizations. So I know you're a, re a real proponent for ESG and board diversity, and you sit on the board of Board Ready, which is a not-for-profit organization focused on improving board diversity. So how do you believe organizations can work to build diverse technology teams, and what are some of the actions you believe they could take? Yeah, I think I kind of break it down into three things. The first is diversity starts at home. The second is diversity starts at all levels. And the third is about what does diverse leadership mean? So if we go into each of these a little bit, diversity is to start at home. If you, Again, if you look at Open Door's leadership, we are a very diverse executive team as well. And, and similarly, if you look at many different aspects of the organization, we have diverse leaders taking on leaderships of key initiatives in the company, key role, they play key roles in the company. They're not sitting in the sidelines. So diversity starts at, at home, mainly because when you bring in diverse leaders, they need to be leading mainstream value-creating initiatives and functions within the organization. And we did that. That is something code to open door, and we've been very successful at doing that. So it does really start at home. Mm -hmm. And if it does not start at home, that's where organizations need to start. You can talk about it as much as you want. Step one is it's got to start at home. The second thing I'll say is diversity starts and diversity needs to be at all levels. In many ways, if you look at the entire diversity conversation, there's a lot of bookending discussions that, has, that have been happening. On the one end, Every company has groups that are focused on diversity. By now, we know that diversity is essential to the success of the company. That's a given. And we, we have a lot of different initiatives fostering across the bookends. At the board level, diversity has increased and I've been deeply involved with it. And even at the organizational level, we've created enough forums for the employees to come together and express and also have that support network and foundation to succeed. But I think what we need to do is make sure that we are now connecting the dots across all of the levels. So mm -hmm. Let's take an example. 
diversity of the board needs to translate to diversity of the C-suite. And I've done a lot of research on it, and we've, we've really looked at the data behind this. And board diversity has received so much public sort of thinking and media attention that if you actually take it one level down, board diversity now needs to translate to C-suite diversity. That's super critical because the day-to-day -day management of the company is sitting with the executive team and with the C-suite and further down. So the question is, it needs to start coming in at both ends of the bookends so that you connect the dots across the diversity. The third piece, I'll, I'll, and I'll share, this is something that is deeply important to me and I'm very passionate about is diversity also means that you have to redefine your leadership. Leadership just is not enough to just say, you have women on the C-suite, you have women on the board. You also have to look at what does leadership mean? Leadership is still defined in very male terms. The question is, how do you actually define leadership in, in ways that women as well as men can come and participate in it with the strengths that they bring in? In some ways, we need to get to gender neutral you know, leadership. And in today's world, it's that much more important that, because if you go back and look at what makes a company succeed, it's not just the growth of the company, it's also how you bring, bring people along. And that's kind of where this gender neutral uh, leadership makes such, a big, uh, makes such a big difference. Those are really, really fantastic insights. Thank you very much. And I know um, in my case at Foundry, I sit on the, I stand with her, our, our women's ERG, and we're really working to have the voices of our women across the organization heard alongside the men working within the organization. Uh, it's a very important process for us. Um, and I'm also really passionate about younger girls making sure they're getting educated about roles in technology and how to learn because in Canada we have just had some very bleak stats coming out saying that only 24% of workers in tech are women. So we've got a lot of work to do right across the board. I'd love to learn more about um, the work and the research you've done. So maybe we can take that offline because I find that very interesting. And I'd love to talk to you about, and my question, last question here is really one that I'm asking everyone right now because it's so prevalent with all the CIOs and senior tech leaders I'm speaking to, and that's around Gen AI, Gen AI and LLM, such a hot topic right now for many CIOs and senior tech leaders. And I was wondering how you're looking at Gen AI and LLM tools to enhance productivity in the organization. Are there any tips that you could provide to other CIOs looking at implementing ChatGPT or BART or other AI or LLM tools? It's an interesting, and yes, it is the hot topic of the day today, or rather in, in recent times. The interesting thing is if you look at Open Door's journey, Open Door has been a pioneer of AI and ML since mm -hmm. its inception. Uh, in fact, we've been using it, and, and there's a story behind it. We've been using it to really revolutionize the real estate industry. Specifically, we've used it extensively in terms of how you price homes. We're talking about a very bespoke sort of a product here. You know, it's a product that customers have personalized very deeply, and we've been able to use AI and ML to price homes nationwide, and that's remarkable. But the more remarkable piece of that story is the fact that Open Door anchored on innovation as one of the key themes in terms of how you leverage and use AI and ML to transform and reinvent, in this particular case, a very traditional industry. So now going back to the question that you'd asked, so how can companies look at it? And I say that companies typically operate along three different sort of um, journeys in their business. I call it the invent, implement, and optimize piece of it. Invent is where you're using highly inventive techniques to, to try out new ideas, to experiment new value propositions and go after it. 
once you find product market fit, you scale and you build the foundations and you implement the production lines. And then as your business reaches a certain level of maturity, you optimize. My guidance to leaders is that AI is a new technology that has come in, which is going to create a step function change and disrupt every industry. And my guidance to them is you'll find that it's easy to get complacent and very conveniently get settled into the implement and the optimized zones. This is the time to reset. The same way that the internet came and changed, you know, how everything is done, Gen AI is going to come and change everything that it's done. So it's 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 time to go back and rethink the vision. It's, it's time to rethink the strategy and the roadmap. It's not an incremental reset, it's a fundamental reset. So on the one hand, I feel companies need to reimagine how they're going to go and do things, whether it's you know transforming the customer experience, how do you actually deliver work on productivity, and how you become operationally excellent and also disrupt your industry. I would look at it along all three pillars, productivity and excellence, transform the customer experience, disrupt real estate, then how you're going to go back to the drawing board to start reinventing again. Companies that do this will thrive. Companies that don't, you'll see, will, will become irrelevant. I thank you for sharing that. And I think this is such a great way to end our um, conversation today. Raji, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me here. And uh, it's, it's a pleasure. Thank you. And if you're interested in learning more, please don't hesitate to visit us at CIO.com. Thanks again.